Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And we are live. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Box Trick. I'm your host, Matt Brody. Joining me, as always, Thomas the Motas Davis. And joining us today is our good buddy and loyal one and only fan, Alan Thomas. <laughs> um, today's episode... I've got to say, make... <laughs> Adding our fan to the actual podcast, this is this is dangerous grounds here. I know. I know. Because now yeah. we don't have any fans. I know. We just have a third podcast. I know. I know. But you know, as long as we're as long as we're all listening to it, you know, I guess that's really the only thing. The only th- <laughs> the only thing that matters. So this is a dangerous precedent to set. You could have five people on this thing too. I know. I know. You know. <laughs> well, we need to get five fans first. Right. I mean. Hey, we're only two away. You know, including ourselves. So. <laughs> So, okay, so today's topic is our favorite RPGs, and just, uh, you know, kind of why we, why we love them, what we love about them, and we're going to go specifically with JRPGs, um, so turn-based, you know, actual RPGs, not things like Final Fantasy thirteen or, you know, Final Fantasy eleven like MMOs, um, specifically turn... Wouldn't those still be considered JRPGs because JRPGs stands nope. for Japanese RPGs? Nope. I mean, I guess they are. Whatever. There's actually been a lot of uh, debate on that topic, and uh, it it isn't so much about where they're where they're made. There's actually like a specific type of gameplay that defines JRPG. Yeah. Oh, have they actually started? Yeah, I going feel. Down yeah, that I feel like now? I feel like it. Ha- I I think it. Yeah, it has because like I mean, Oblivion is not a JRPG. That's fair. Yeah. I guess you could say things like Baldur's Gate and. Yeah. Just because it's made. Planescape Torment are definitely not JRPGs. Yeah. But so anyway, so specifically JRPGs. So, Thomas, I will toss it over to you to go ahead ahead with your favorite RPG. Well, I guess I would have to say my favorite is Final Fantasy VI. In my opinion, probably one of the best Final Fantasies. Uh, It was the last of a era in the Final Fantasy series, the sprite-based RPGs for at least console. I mean, I think there were a couple handheld ones afterwards, but for the most part, that was it. And it has easily one of the best storylines. It has a, I think I believe it was like twelve characters. Uh, yeah, 12 playable characters. More than that. The, well, some of them were temporary in general. I'm not counting the the Moogles from the beginning, because <laughs> I mean they're fucking as temporary as it gets. <laughs> But yeah, I think you had. I'll go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was gonna say you also have like literally one of the greatest villains in RPG history, 
Kefka. Yeah. I mean, he has no no scars. He is literally just an insane clown that becomes a god. Yeah. Definitely way better. I know I'm sure about to tick off just about every single fanboy on the face of the earth. But <laughs> Kefka, comparing Kefka to the other, you know, mo- most favorite Final Fantasy villain. I mean, he, he just doesn't. He doesn't compare. He doesn't because Sephiroth is literally just a whiny mama's boy who goes homicidal. Yeah, where and has, has a giant and has a giant sword, and has a giant sword. Yeah, but at, at the end of the day, he is just a whiny little bitch. Kefka is also the first one to really have a, and still mainly only to have really unique that laugh that he had. Oh, it's so and, yeah. Uh, and the soundtrack that went along it. I mean, I'll never forget. Oh, it's it was so, so well put together. Oh, it's so the Final Fantasy oh, yeah. the Final Fantasy VI soundtrack is so so good. And even even though it came in on that like terrible, as we've talked about before, Thomas, the terrible <laughs> SNES like super reverb to the max sound chip, but it's, they still managed to pull off something amazing. Oh yeah, so so good. And we do like, actually I, mean. Oh, sorry. I was about to say we do actually mean Final Fantasy VI, even though on the card it was Final Fantasy III. But I mean, honestly, I don't think eh. that. Real, I don't think that really. I, at this point, I don't think anybody really is confused by that. Think, yeah, I don't think anybody really considers six right. to be right. three right. anymore. Right. But on top of that, you have probably one of the better Final Fantasy storylines too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and you literally have. A situation where the main villain succeeds. Yeah. Kefka does not fuck up at all. He becomes a god. He destroys the world and then you kill him. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I mean, in Final Fantasy, in Final Fantasy VI, it's also one of the first times you see, um, I mean, like, you really got to see, like, awesome cinematics. Like, in, in specifically, like, the Final Fantasy series. Yeah, I mean, there were definitely, like, cinematics. But that one has, like, I mean, the opening is almost, like, as close to about a movie, like, cinematic that you could get on, like, yeah, for, that, the, for that time period. Yeah. Oh, with yeah. the armor marching through the Yeah, it's so, oh, so, so awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was just, it was a well-put-together RPG that nailed everything it was set out to do. Yeah. But at the same time, even nowadays, it still has plenty of interest. Not if not for the characters and story and music. Oh yeah, the glitches. Yeah, because it being a, a console sprite based game, there were a lot of shortcuts taken. Oh and yeah, there's a lot of interesting things you can do. Yeah, I've game. I've seen like, some. I've definitely seen some speed runners on the internet, like, like definitely exploiting it and like beating the game way okay. faster. Oh, I'm not even just talking about speedrunners. Like, have you heard of the Vanish Sketch glitch? Uh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, the game, the way the game works, well, not, I'm not going to actually explain this because I don't have enough of an understanding to give a just, uh, justifiable explanation, but the game has some really wonky code, especially in relation to the Vanish spell and the sketch ability for... Oh, fuck her name i don't know realm. hmm realm, realm. realm yes Derp. uh but if you have an enemy who's used vanish or you've used vanish on that enemy to make them disappear they're immune to physical damage but uh, magic does a hun- uh, hits 100% of the time so if you use sketch on it the game essentially just starts freaking the fuck out oh okay 
So, it, depending on what... And, and the sketch glitch changes depending on what pattern the enemy's in, what formation they're in. And on top of that, the different stats or status effects your characters currently have on them. So if like if your first character is imped mm -hmm. or in starting in the match, you'll get a different result than if they were imped during the the fight or if they were never imped. Mm -hmm. uh, and that could do anything from completely locking up your game, making the the, the cartridge literally unplayable, like breaking oh, wow. to giving you a shit ton of things like Atma weapons and all sorts of really high-level end-game gear just dropped into your inventory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now that you mentioned that, I do remember doing that once on the uh, on the emulator <laughs> because someone missed <laughs> yeah. it and I had to try it. <laughs> now, oh, yeah. do, you, do you know, does that, work, does, that, does that only work on like the SNES version? Do, I mean... Have they? Uh, I, mean, I would imagine that they would have fixed it when they, because I know it was it was ported to the PlayStation and then the DS, I believe, and I'm probably yeah, the PSP. Oh, mobile one too, yeah. I want to say it works on several of the versions, Not and a, namely yeah. because this is this wasn't something they could just go in and find the code and fix for. Oh, okay. There's a lot of issues with the game. They, they did fix a number of the glitches, um, even just in the in re-releases of the cartridge in like uh -huh. later generations they actually fixed a few glitches oh okay but i don't think that one ever actually got fixed oh wow um with it i also don't think the the uh the cyan the berserk cyan glitch ever got fixed so cyan has that counter ability mm -hmm. um but you can set it up in such a way where i think if you imp him use his counter ability and then kill him and revive him in like the span of one turn uh, one round uh -huh. he'll immediately start attacking enemies and the way he he starts uh he starts countering based off of his own attack so he just continues to attack oh okay he doesn't trade turn the tra uh, he doesn't turn the the turnover to anybody else he just continues attacking till everything's dead whoa yeah it's just crazy the things you can do in that game, and it's kind of sad that's that's really going to be the last Final Fantasy we see that kind of stuff in because those kind of glitches were entirely, uh, I would say, inherent to that the, the art style design. Yeah, yeah. But, well, not but, not the art style, but but yeah, that. yeah. The the sprite based. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I really miss I really miss sprite based RPGs, but I don't uh, know. the things you. Now that's not to say glitches didn't happen in later games at all. Like I know for a fact, I have completely broken Final Fantasy VIII completely on uh, completely on accident a number of times. Oh yeah, I've definitely I've definitely broken Final Fantasy VII several <laughs> several <laughs> sev several times. But I think. I'm well, one thing, uh, if you're missing sprite games, uh, RPG Maker's a blast, and there's been some really excellent sprite games made out of that. Uh, oh, yeah. I some of them are even carried on Steam. So oh, I, you can look at yeah. It. Yeah, RPG, Ma RPG Maker. Yeah, you're right. And I, uh, I've, I've seen a lot of people have, through RPG Maker, remade a lot of old, like, games. Like, I've even seen, like, a, really? uh, I've even seen, like, a Final Fantasy VI complete remake. Where they use like music from like you know like just like video game like covers people have done on YouTube, and I mean huh. it's not it's obviously not 
exactly the same because you know you can't like make cutscenes. I mean, you can, but not you oh, know not to, not to the same vein. But they've remade yeah. like the games, like I mean, almost like point point for point. It's actually pretty cool. Like I found one of Final Fantasy Mystic Quest that is awesome. Like, <laughs> I've played a few RPG Maker games, but I haven't played any of the ones released on Steam, and mm-hmm. I haven't played. A number of other of the I've seen a couple of remake ones, yeah, um, of varying quality, yeah. But as much as I can, I recognize that RPG Maker can be used to make quality products. That I mean, I've seen a lot of just total junk come out of that. Yeah, that it makes it oh, yeah, at. yeah. No, there no, there definitely has. But I feel like um, I, I feel there's quality out there. You just have to, you just have to, oh, you, yeah. you just have to, you have to find it. But I, that's kind of like, I don't know. That's kind of where we're at in games right now, anyway. Where there's there's a lot of garbage. Oh yeah, but that is uh, <laughs> that is understated for sure. <laughs> yeah, <I'm>, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, Final Fantasy VI was lit- my literally my first introduction to the Final Fantasy series. Yeah, and it's been a favorite of mine since. Like yeah. And I feel it like really I, hasn't been matched. In yeah, my opinion. I feel like recently it's gotten. I, I I feel like for about the longest time, final, like seven was just completely regarded as the best Final Fantasy. And there certainly will be people out there who still regard it as not only, as just the best thing that's ever graced the earth. But I feel like a lot in the last few years, six has really started to be has started to be viewed as the best in the series. And honestly, I think one of the biggest reasons for Final Fantasy VII's, well, the opinion of Final Fantasy VII being better has been elevated is simply because it's been the first 3D one. Right, right. And that's not to say the game was bad, because it definitely wasn't. It was a lot of fun to play, and it had an interesting storyline, although, like I said, I don't think it was as good as Six's. But, I mean, it was, I think it was a situation where the hype outran it, yeah. But nobody wanted to to see it for what it was. Yeah. Yeah, it, it had a ridiculous marketing. Oh, no, yeah. No other oh, yeah. video I, I, game I've ever even yeah. seen marketed until that point. And Final Fantasy VII was all over. Oh, yeah. Final Fantasy VII's marketing was like, I mean, like, I don't, you know, like, it's like, I honestly can't even think of, a, of like, a game that I saw a commercial for before Final Fantasy VII. Exactly, yeah. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't remember. And then I played. I remember playing seven for like the first time, and I was like, I was blown away. And then I got like more, and then I started getting more into the into the series. But um, I remember, I do remember six. I do, I remember one of my one of my like friends um going over to his house, and he had six on the Super Nintendo, and I was just like, what is? This? I was like blown away. I was like mesmerized by it because I I had never really seen a game like that. Because up to that point, I'd just been playing like Mario and Sonic. And so I was like, well, I don't understand. Like, it was so, like, new and foreign to me. But I was like, oh, my God. Because I was seeing, like, the cutscenes, And I was like, I was like, I was blown away by this game. It was, it was definitely a powerhouse. But I think in the end, it just, it was missing something that Six had. Yeah. I think, I think Six definitely tied together its story much better. Yeah. It, yeah, I would def- I would argue that six six has six has a definitely a probably the best story in Final Fantasy. It definitely has the best villain. I I don't think that anyone would. I don't think that anyone could. I you could have a difficult time arguing that six doesn't have the best villain. I mean, 
I, can, I, I see I, that I, as a as hopefully a common theme across our games today. Is strong villain is, I mean, it's the same in movies. Like the one yeah. weakness to say like the Avengers was that Loki was cheesy. No right. One. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, like Thor, like Thor too. Like there was where it was like you have to like the villain. The I think like the villain, the villain true like really makes the story. Like like uh, like you look at the Dark Knight for an example. Like the Joker is in that movie. It's almost more than Batman and it makes the villain that much more like powerful and menacing and I mean that's like what Final Fantasy 6 probably is actually probably the first RPG to really do that well to really like oh, yeah. sell the villain and, and the nice part about that I guess actually in both cases both Dark Knight and Final Fantasy 6 is you cannot identify with that villain yeah, he is on a completely different level. He is pure evil. You know it, and in the end, you're not able to stop him from starting accomplishing his goals. Yeah, you can only deal with him afterwards. Yeah, he's kind of the villain that you like love to hate. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's but. but yeah, well, that's a good I mean, segue. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> uh, that's one of the strongest points of Suikoden Two, which is uh, the one I chose for today. Uh, just to give you kind of a rundown, Sugen was released on the PlayStation back in the mid-90s, and it was actually written first, before the first Suikoden. Oh, wow. Um, Konami wrote it for an internal console they were planning development for, and when that got scratched, uh, they decided to release it on, on PlayStation, and, and they actually had written the story for number two, and then they wrote and created one as a way to basically not screw up two. They right. wanted to make a game first so that when they made two, they had experience in doing it. So, uh, Matt, you asked me earlier if you should play one first, and I would strongly recommend it because uh, there's a lot of carryover. They happen a few years apart, and some of the the best characters are in both of those games. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd, I'd, I actually, I ju- I like just watched a video, I'd, uh, a video, a video kind of like brushing me up because I'd seen friends that played it, and so then. The third one in the series takes place, so they all take place like in the same world or realm, right? Yes. Okay, and so then, um, like the third one is a prequel to the first and second. Uh, the third one is actually the, I believe, the latest in the timeline. Oh, okay. Um, four is the earliest. Oh, four is the prequel, and it goes something like four, one, two, five, three, or, and then oh. there's a few like. They made a tactics game and oh, okay. there's a DS game that I don't think has a place in the timeline. And then they made like a surrounding only released in Japan that kind of took place that bridged one and two and after two uh-huh. a little better. Um, but just to get into the, the unique things about this game were the number of playable characters Oh yeah, uh, and, and the world, how it was connected. So Final Fantasy sort of ade- eventually did that, connecting tactics and uh, the 12. online game. In Ivalice. Oh, yeah, 12. You're right. And, uh, Va- one, and Vagrant Story is also tied oh, into that. Takes, I didn't know that. Didn't yeah, know it that. takes place, it takes place, like, in, like, one dungeon that's, like, in the, in the thing. It's, like, a very, it, it, it's a small reference, but it does, it does, yeah. So, I, I was, uh, you have the 100 and, sorry, Tom, go ahead. I was gonna say, I've been trying to figure out the connection with Vagrant Story, because I know it connected to something. But. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's just, it's a very small tie-in. It, it just yeah. happened, yeah, happened, yeah. So you have the you have the unique 
the unique character system, 108 characters, basically. Now, not all these are specifically playable, but they all join you throughout. The point is to gather them all to, to create the most powerful army. So in each of the Suikoden games, and 2 does it the best, in my opinion, basically you're tasked with with creating an army to to fight for whatever it is in in this that you're trying to do. So you get a castle, you you have to take it, you have to clear it out and then as you gain these characters, you know, you'll gain a cook or you'll gain you know, like a performer and these parts of your castle will be built. So you can visit all these different places and all your characters hang out in you know their little part of the castle. And uh, so by the end, you know, you have this huge teeming city where you've got, you know, an item shop and uh, a rune maker and a, a cook you can go and have cooking contests. That sounds awesome. In the land. It's so cool. It's such a weird little addition to the game that uh, they get it. And so uh, the other kind of thing that, that is across all the games is the 27 true runes. So there are 27 runes that are considered the most powerful. And uh, then there's just regular runes, like a fire rune, and that's how right. magic works. So in Suikoden 2, your character gets the the rune of beginnings and it's broken into two parts and you get the bright shield and your best friend gets the dark sword and this basically puts you both on separate paths so it has a benefit but all the runes also have a major detraction and in this case this one separates you and the way that ties into the story is really important that you can't uh you can't overlook the story to this game when you play it it's it's really deep it's really rich and uh, as we talked about, there's a, a villain in it that is in, he's he's impossible to identify with. The same as Kefka is uh, Luca Blight. He's the son of the king of the opposing kingdom, Highland, and just pure evil. Like uh, he slaughters the whole entire city once he takes it over in your territory and just kills everyone in it. And the fight against him is one of the coolest systems, coolest fights that ever happened in a game. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've heard I've heard that like when somebody was trying to explain it to me, they said it was basically like Game of Thrones. Is <laughs> <laughs> like is the and is the analogy is the analogy some somebody had once given me about Suikoden. Is they're like oh it, they're like they're like it's the story is so deep and so complex that like it's it's just like Game of Thrones and so I was like wow that sounds awesome. It it does it really well to not give you the full world, but the world it puts you in is huge. Like it's easily there's as much to do as in a Final Fantasy, but you're only playing in one you know between one or three countries in this world uh-huh so uh, with how much there is in these places and how many characters and then you get crossover characters so like victor and flick in one are just massively important characters to the storyline and in two they make a return but but they're you can tell they're you know they're more grizzled they're veterans now and they're you know they have their own jobs and you recruit them and it just ties in so well because if you play one, then you play two. You're like already set with like, oh, I love these characters from before. I'm ready to go again, you know. And you want to bring them along every time. <laughs> yeah. Now, do do is it kind of like I mean, not not like Pokemon, but like do your do characters that you've like have saved in the games do they carry over? Did that happen or? Uh, there's a little carryover. So it's actually the first game that I ever noticed to do this. If you complete with 108 stars the first game uh-huh. and import a save file for it you can actually recruit the character that you played as in one oh, to sweet. temporarily join you in two yeah that's awesome interesting 
that's awesome. Because uh, so that, def- yeah, that definitely probably was, I mean, with probably the exception of maybe like Pokemon, that probably is one of the first games to do that. It, it was uh, it was really cool, but getting all those characters is uh, really hard. In one, they don't really give you <laughs> much help, so you kind of just run around and, like, if you find one that doesn't join you, sometimes there's, you know, like a little thread that kind of, or you, it, you know, it's kind of intuitive, and sometimes it's not. In two, they give you a character that that helps you. Oh, okay. And so that was one of the things they learned from one to two, was <laughs> you need a little help. Yeah. <laughs> And then it also, uh, similar to, so Final Fantasy VI, one of the really cool things about it was the, the group battles where you split up your teams. Yeah. And even in the, the final dungeon, you do it. Uh, Suikoden 2 had N1 and all of them have three different battle types. And so you have your group battle where you take your six people in and it's turn-based and you fight. Then they have a duel. So it's like a one-on-one and it happens several times throughout the game. And basically the person you're fighting will give you a cue. You'll, they'll say a line. And then there's one of three options that they'll pick. And you kind of have to gauge their personality and what they're saying on what type of action they'll choose. And then it's a rock, paper, scissors type format. Oh, yeah, yeah, Against them. And then you have the massive battle, so you have full armies. So yeah. in two, all the, all the characters you recruit, most of them at least, will be part of your, your units in these battles. So you'll have something like between in the beginning, you know, only three, and in the end, you know, 10 or 12 units. And you can, each one of them has like uh, attack and defense modifier and, an, and a skill they add to their group. And you can have up to three in one group. And so you can kind of, you can move them between the groups so that you can, you know, have a couple really powerful ones or balance. You know, the two abilities that you choose to put in one can be complementary or they can be, you know, functional. It, it, there's a lot of customization to that. And then also one of the best uh, good guys in any game ever, uh, the tactician that you recruit fairly early in the game to join you, uh, Shu, is just just an amazing character. He's he almost looks like like Sephiroth, <laughs> but he's a good guy and he's just a total badass. Yeah, the way he plans things and the the schemes he comes up with are, I mean, there's twists and turns everywhere because of it. It's not a it's not something where you can just plan and see what's going to come next. It's a yeah. game that that things are happening. How many how many hours did it take you to beat it? Uh, if you go for all the characters, it's it's not as long as some, but it's it's long enough and it keeps your interest. I would say it's twenty plus hours. Maybe if you do every single thing, you can get up to forty. If you if you really focus on playing it, one of the other unique things is it, it there's not a lot of grinding to it. Um, oh, that's that's cool. Pretty much in every story situation, you'll fight basically just soldiers from the other army. And those soldiers level you to basically where you need to be to finish what you're doing. Oh, okay. So you don't have to grind. The only reason to grind is, you know, like money or to find some of the rare items that you have to kill certain certain uh, monsters to get. So it, in that sense, I mean, you can kind of get overpowered, but not so much. So it keeps all the boss battles relatively difficult because after so long fighting the regular monsters gives you basically no experience i mean you you have to move on to the next area to get to where you can actually get stronger yeah yeah i've seen i've i've, I've seen some video of like the the massive like army battles and it just it looks it looks awesome like it's I'm, I'm i'm really excited to play it because as 
I said in our our last uh, podcast is that it one of the big things is that it just recently came on the PSN um, for so it's like it's finally on sale because it's been like it was released in like ninety nine and I know that buying a even a used copy of this game is like outrageous like hundred hundred plus yeah oh easily yeah like it's it is it is definitely one of the rarest. Um, PS1 games and I've seen um, I even went on eBay a couple of days ago and I looked and there were unopened copies going for like five to six hundred dollars like I mean just just crazy just crazy prices like for like it is one of the rarest out there yeah and it's, so it's been really really unattainable I mean to anyone who couldn't you know download it and emulate it so it's I mean it's a, I would say that that day December 9th was a big day. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think uh I think there were some like early numbers saying like it would it may have even reached like 100,000 downloads. Like it's like oh, wow. it yo oh, yeah. Yeah, it was it was like a big it was a big big deal because it's it's <laughs> it's it's considered by many it's kind of it's kind of almost a hidden gem really. Um yeah. And it's kind of one of those like games where it's on the PS1, you know, probably you know, I would say top 3 systems for rpgs yeah. you know even oh easily oh yeah i mean if if not number one i mean the snes is probably you know number one but either way you know depending on how depending on how you look at it but um you know and so it's kind of almost this like hidden game but I, it's like i've never ever heard anyone say like oh i don't like that game or that game sucks like i've never heard anybody say like i for, they didn't like suikoden or suikoden I've, too i've honestly never played any of them yeah i've known about their existence but i haven't known anything about their background how they play or anything like that but i've been interested in playing them for a while i was thinking about picking up the one on the or one for that was on the sony store when my ps3 finally died oh so, oh no yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all right hey at least it, thomas you just gotta go get you gotta go you had one of the fat ones right like one of the original i did you gotta yep. get you gotta get the i have the credit card slider one and it's it it's all right yeah, well, it's not the only thing I have to do with it, though. I, I'd have to dig out both the hard drive and crack it open and pull out my Destiny disc, which is still stuck Ooh. inside the disc drive. Yeah, it's been one of those. But honestly, it's one of those games that I'm really interested to play, and one of the ones I'm really happy to see that Sony has really released on their store, yeah. along with you know Xenogears and oh, yeah. a number of other. Well, yeah, and it's like I really just quality tiles, right? Because I was actually, I was actually, I was, I was looking at it looking at all of the um the games on there and uh, there are a lot almost all of the rpgs that are on the sony store are like the ones that are super rare like vanguard bandits like you're oh, yeah. you're not finding that game like for like for 100 for less than 100 dollars. you're not finding like Sudoku actually suit. believe it or not in beaverton for the longest time there was a uh jewel case black label copy of vanguard bandits for 60 bucks wow that... And when I finally had the money, it was gone. Wow. Because that's <laughs> Isn't how it that works. Always how it works. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> yep. oh, yeah. that is how it works. It's all right. Thomas still has my one of my black label copies of Final Fantasy IX. I do. <laughs> he does. But we'll we'll save collecting for, for another for another yeah. another episode. Um, the, the last thing I would bring up about uh that series is Avoid Four, uh before you've played the other ones. It's the first in the timeline, but it's easily the worst of the that, that, that's the first one on the PS that one's on the PS two, right? Uh, that was the second one on the PS two, yeah. Oh, okay. uh, so we get in one and two were on PS one and then three, four and five were on two. 
Uh, five is probably the second best in the series. It it goes back to a lot of things that made two really good. Yeah. Um, and three is no slouch either, and one is definitely great, but four was a letdown. Yeah. Well, I know that in no. in oh sorry oh okay go no, ahead. I was gonna I was gonna ask uh, because I I don't know too much about Suicoden, but wasn't it supposed to be a six part series? Um, you know, I haven't, I... I haven't heard much about a sixth one coming out, but I would bet that it comes out on PlayStation. Oh, I have no doubt that's going to be the case if that does happen. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, well, okay, Thomas, I do have a question for you about it. So I know that there is, I've seen just, like, through, like, Easter egg videos and stuff, there is, like, a character name, and, like, that's, in, like, that's referenced in all the games, and then in, like, the third or fourth one, you get to play as him. It's like, uh... Oh man, I can't even I can't even think of the guy's name. Maybe there's like at one point in the game you always get asked to be like give a give like a fake name or something and you can always choose this guy. Now I have to look it up cuz it's going to drive oh, me. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Uh Ryan. Yeah, there's a there's a section in the in the second one where you got to sneak into Muse, the capital of the city-state and uh <laughs> it happens in the first one where you're trying to sneak through a gate as well. And you've got to pick your name, and I can't remember. Right, it's some, it's his name. and it's, it's some something like the third. Yeah, it's something the third, and he's like this, like you find any. No, not Lupin the third. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, now I want to know. Uh, now I, I have to. Now I have to. I have to look it up. It's gonna. It's gonna drive me nuts. Dodelheim Reinbach. Yeah, 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 yeah. There it is. Yeah, and I just thought it was cool. It was like, oh hey, because like they reference him. In the, as it, so, and then you actually get to play as him. Like that's I love when like series do that when they put like when they put like just you know little like Easter eggs and something and then like make reference to it later. It is it is uh, it is really cool the way that works. And even I mean even some of the runes make transfers through the game. So uh, you'll you'll find the the Star Dragon Sword is uh, basically the incarnation of the Night Rune. And in the first two games. Uh, Victor, the one of the mercenaries, holds it, and then in the third game, you you get it with one of the other characters. So it's this this sort of artifact that's unique to this world that carries through several games. It's, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Shining Force is, is cool. Shining Force is a series that kind of does that. They in their in their main series anyway, they have like references throughout, like, and I like that because you know, with, like a lot of game series, yeah. it's like a lot of game, it's, at least. Final Fantasy, I think, was kind of the first one to do it, where it was like one and two, and they have nothing, almost nothing to do with each other. <laughs> yeah, whereas, yeah but... they do it with like Sid and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, different other little things like that. Another, I guess, the last thing I would say, I just <laughs> Biggs and Wedge, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> is uh, it was actually the first game I remember having multiple endings. So oh wow! How many characters you you got, and after you after basically you win the last battle it kind of just leaves you with a couple of options of what to do based on how many characters you got. And you can sort of resolve the story in different ways. And oh, that's I, cool. I mean, when I first did that, I mean, I played it probably in like the early two thousands. So that time there was a couple other games, but right. it was, it was really cool to kind of have that freedom. And, and there, I mean, one of the endings is just super powerful. Yeah. I no, I, really oh, I, yeah, I love, I love games with, I love games with, with multiple endings. It, it's, like it's just yeah yeah, because it just it makes you like want to replay it and when you replay a game like i feel like that's like one of you know like anytime a game 
gets you to replay it, like that's when it starts to be like, well, oh, hey, this is there, a good there's, game. There's getting you to replay it, to replay it and, and wanting you it. want to replay right. it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I will say one of the things I've uh, about Suicoden Two that I've no I've known, um, I mean, with even really playing it is just like it's its soundtrack is phenomenal. Oh, I, I totally uh, spaced yeah. on that. Uh, yeah. The first ones is as well. Like, yeah. Uh, Nobu Imatsu, the the Final Fantasy composer, is, I mean, hands down, like you have to give it to him. But the the guys behind the Suikoden soundtracks are, it's excellent. And you can get like just like they've done renditions of the Final Fantasy and piano and stuff like that. There's that for Suikoden as well. Yeah, yeah. Because I listen, I just listen to a lot of like video game music, whether it's people on YouTube like doing covers of it or just like actually listening to the music itself. And so there are games that I've never even played where I've listened to the soundtrack and I've listened to almost all the entire soundtrack of a lot of the different Sui Coden series. And it's so good. Definitely. Yeah. And then there's, and then there's games that have great soundtracks that, you know, are terrible games like Chrono, (laughs) like, like Thomas's real favorite RPG, Chrono Cross. (laughs) (laughs) I, Okay. No, I we let me just clear all the water on that one. I like Chrono Cross, but I really don't feel like it has anything to do. Like, it is considered to be a sequel to Chrono Trigger, and I just don't see it. Right? Yeah, I tried to play it, and I definitely didn't get that impression. Yeah, no. It, it, don't get me wrong; the games are really fun. It's a really neat RPG. It's not a sequel to Chrono Trigger. Right? No, we 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 have we have another friend who might be actually the only person listening to this who is absolutely in, absolutely in love with Chrono Cross and almost prefers it over Chrono Trigger, which is just outrageous. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But so okay, all right. Well, okay. Now it's time for me to talk about my favorite RPG, which also yes. happens to be probably my fav- my favorite game I've ever played, and that would be for the PlayStation One, Legend of Dragoon. Hell yes! Oh, it's so good. I don't even know. I don't even know where to begin. I guess. Begin with the the story, man. Okay, so the Legend of Dragoon takes place in like its own fictional world, and kind of what's going on is you play as this character Dart, and Dart is kind of like an orphan, and he's in this kingdom, and there's like a war, like a civil war going on, and throughout it, he meets these characters that like have a lot to do with the world's like history and then it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But the key kind of component to the game is these um, guys called the dragoons. And kind of the thing is like, there are these six or seven dragoon there. I think seven, there are these seven dragoon spirits and dragons play a huge part in the game as they're kind of like ancient magic and they're very powerful. But the dragoons are the people that control the dragons because there's this other race and they're pretty much like elves. I can't, I can't Winglies. Yeah. Winglies. Yeah. They're pretty much like elves. They can fly. They're basically like superhumans. And so like long ago, the humans and the Winglies had, had magic or had, had a war and they reference this all the time. And it's called like the dragon or the dragon campaign. It was this huge war. And the Winglies had these giant monsters called Virages, which are basically these just like, I don't even know, they're kind of, they almost look like weird bugs. And then the humans had the dragoons and dragons, and so that was kind of what they used to kill each other. Mm-hmm. So the game is kind of about um, 
like all of that ancient war is coming back into the fold and you as the dragoons get to then, you know, like save humanity essentially. Um, and there's a lot of other, there's a lot of other like story arcs that kind of like the story is told very well. Like I will, I will say that it, it does, it gets kind of weak at some points, but there's still like a, a lot to it and it's, it's really well, but arguably the best thing about the legend of dragoon is its battle system has a very, very unique battle system. It's kind of like each character has what's called additions in the game. And additions are essentially... Um, well, they're it, combos, let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, they're combos. They're combos. And it's really cool because you get to do these like different moves. And so you, like, you have this like box. It's almost like a rhythm game in a way, like a very, very small way. But, and so you have to like <laughs> hit, things at, like, the certain t- hit things at certain times, and that's how you do your combos. But like it makes the battles so engaging because a lot of times, even when you're grinding, you know, and you're just like, you know, you're playing like a game and you're just like, okay, like tapping attack, 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 just to like grind through your characters. In this, you can't do that. But it makes the battles like engaging because it's like there are characters in the game who it's like I oh I like I just want him to attack because I love like pulling off his combos and it's so much fun and it's so rewarding when every time you do it you're yeah, it's like oh yeah I'm so like so pumped about it. And that's like what I think is really the game's like absolute strongest suit is its is its battle system. Yeah, I mean, I would I would give it to it. Although some of the later combinations are just pretty rough to do. Oh, they are. Yeah, they are. Sometimes sometimes they're not even do it. They're worth doing it just for for damage sake or status effects because they just don't compare to some of the earlier ones. Yeah. Yes. Like, so, know, yes. Yeah. Some of the one. Yeah. Some of the later. Some of the later combos are almost not even worth doing. Oh yeah, I know. I know. Dart alone has, like his. I think it was like his, either his third or fourth combo is his best combo. Yeah, crushed and the rest of them. Yeah, you just don't yep. bother with any of the yeah. other ones. Yeah. Well, and and Albert, who is like he's like everybody. That's the other thing is everybody has a different weapon, which is kind of cool, and so it makes the mm-hmm. different combos a lot more fun. Um, my favorite character, Albert, who is. I won't give I won't give any spoilers away in case somebody hasn't played it. <laughs> but you start off with a different character named Lavitz. And even they have like completely different fighting styles, even though they use the same weapon. Mm-hmm. But he is he has this move called Gust of Wind Dance, which is just so much fun. Although it's almost like not his last combo is so much more powerful, but you still want to use Gust of Wind Dance because it's so cool. Like Oh yeah. It, it's just it's so cool. Now I was well, okay. if we're speaking about that battle system, one thing we can't forget is Dragoon mode. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, yeah. So the game has kind of an interesting take on magic in that what like would be normal magic spells like fire and lightning, um, you use items. And so you throw your item and then you have to – some people cheat and use a turbo controller. But you essentially just tap like X <laughs> as fast as you can and that builds up a percentage. Certainly say it's both the controller and the thumbs. That's yeah, sure. absolutely. And so, like, you don't actually have real magic in the game. So that's kind of interesting. But one of the big components of the game is types or elements. So, like, you have a guy who's, like, fire-based. So he has, like, the fire dragoon, water, and they work, like, vice versa against each other. So it also makes, like, building your team in a way, like, kind of complex. You have to think about, like, oh, hey, do I want, you know, like, a fire guy and, like, a water guy, you know, so you have to have a fire guy because he's, like, the main character. The other thing is that when you defend, you gain life, which is kind of cool. So it makes, like, because healing in that game is, like, atrocious. It's, like, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, really yeah healing is, like, almost, uh, healing almost, like, doesn't happen. You almost all have to heal through defending. 
if you do not have the one healing Dragoon in your party with enough yeah. mana to stay in Dragoon mode so you can cast spells, because that's one of the things about the game is you have your regular battle mode where you can only cast magic through items, and then you have Dragoon mode, which is essentially everybody powers up, they throw on their Dragoon armor, they can summon their dragons, they can right. do all sorts of really cool stuff and actually cast spells like no one would normally think about it. Right, but you can only cast like three spells. like Only three spells before Dragoon mode ends, and then you have to fight your way back to getting it right yeah that yeah so the the battle system in the game is just it's so it really carries it really carries the game because the game isn't perfect by any by any means but the story the story i mean all the characters are really likable yeah the story is definitely interesting yeah the the problem the problem with legend of dragoon what i think i think the reason that it it did well it certainly did well and i've read a ton of interviews and stuff and um, it was actually made. It was one of the last games made by Shuhei Yoshida, um, who is like the head of PlayStation now. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, it was really one of his like last games. And he said like, "Oh, it's one of my favorite." But I doubt the game ever gets a sequel. Although anybody who's played the game knows that really what it ne- what would need is a prequel. Yeah, there's there's no yeah. way you could yeah. really pull a sequel off. But a prequel, yeah, but a prequel, a prequel would be a prequel would be perfect because a lot of the war and everything you'd be able to you'd be able to play as but um yep. yeah i mean the 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 one of the biggest problems with the game was it released it released in like 2000 or 2001 and the place it was like one of the last like playstation one games to be released and so the playstation 2 had already been out at the time so it just didn't get as much news coverage you know by then but i mean like that was like right when the internet was yeah. starting to get going so it kind of fell under the radar to a lot of to a lot of people, which is a true shame because it is easily one of the gems of the PlayStation era. Oh, it's like, oh, it's so good. It's, it's it's an RPG that could easily stand against Final Fantasy VII, the baseline at the time. Oh yeah, and and surpass it in quite a number of different ways. Yeah, yeah. It was released. Yeah, North America, June eleventh. 2000 and in europe 2001 so yeah so i mean the playstation yeah so playstation 2 had had i think was think was already already released already released at that time it just it just sold about a million yeah a million things and it probably i guess um uh there was plans of putting dart the main character in playstation battle royal as a oh. as a downloadable character like there's even like sprites of him like shown like you, you can you can find them but when the I game money for that but when the game when playstation battle royal basically became like a joke and, <laughs> <laughs> and like Which, yeah. let's be honest it was destined to be yeah yeah yeah, I mean it was it was fun. It was it was I yeah, played I played it. It, it, it was, was fun, it was, but it it again it fun, it, but... it just it can't it can't compete with Smash Bros. and and so so like even the, there was plans of apparently of him being put in the game, but it just ultimately never happened. That's a shame. Yeah, but definitely definitely worth definitely worth checking out. Um, if if you haven't played it, it's it is it is so good. And if you're definitely a fan of like PlayStation One era RPGs, you will not go wrong by not go wrong by any stretch of the mean playing um, Legend of Dragoon. Yeah, I'll yeah, have to check it out. I I believe at some point I picked it up, 
when I was younger, like to play it or someone I knew had it and I was going to play it. Cause I know the same happened with Chrono Cross. Like I kind of tried to pick it up and I, I think I played through, cause I think that one was two discs and I played through part of it and just eventually fell off. And this one, I don't know if I ever got to start. But yeah. Just, just looking at it, like, as you were saying, it, it kind of came out at the end. It, it was a long time in development. It, oh yeah. It was a, yeah, it was a really, it was a really long time. Yeah. Like to, took three years um cost sony about 16 million dollars and that's in like the early 90s for video games when the video game yeah. i mean video the video game industry was not what it is today where you can you know oh yeah like i think i think you can budge your way through a development i think cycle, i think destiny but... i think like destiny had a budget of like 500 million dollars i mean like like i mean that wasn't just like the game but that was like advertising and like yeah everything like activision blizzard said like we're giving you a ton of money so it was like 16 million dollars at that time would have would have been would have been quite a lot of money yeah and it's also it's a four disc rpg so i mean that so you're talking like you know about as much as you can possibly cram onto the playstation and it really pushes the the ps1 to about its absolute potential like the game for ps1 is i mean gorgeous like it's you know you know 2d 3d sprites on on 2d 2d platform or 2d backgrounds and it's like really good like the music is okay like the score like there are definitely like really good songs a lot of the a lot of this a lot of the score is like mediocre it's not anything like you're gonna remember there are definitely like you know two or three where you're like man that song is awesome yeah there's there's some awesome music but a lot of it is that generic fantasy yeah overture stuff yeah yeah absolutely like i mean it's 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 not it's nothing it's nothing to write nothing to write home about but it's and it's also um also went kind of a different route at the time. A lot of the game, a lot of the, the games at that time, you're you kind of have that open world. I mean, not really. I use the word open world loosely, like overworld map, right? Where you get to like run around. You know, like yeah, like, like, like Final yeah. Fantasy Seven. Yeah, or yeah, or six or any of the Final Fantasy games where you know, and, and it didn't it didn't really have that. You kind of had to go from like point A to point B. There were like little routes. It's it's almost kind of like if like you play 10, you like Final like yeah like Final ten. Fantasy Tactics actually yeah say, okay. yeah time. yeah just yeah it's just it's yeah it's just like Tactics except you can have battles as you're running as you're running in between yeah because like the actual like pathways between worlds is actually under your control so you could run back and forth along that path oh yeah and, and you do and you do yeah oh yeah yeah. Yeah, and and you do, and some of the battles. I mean, some some, some of the, the battles. Some of the battles that are game, brutal. Like incredible. Like one of the one of the reoccurring villains has an instant kill attack you cannot avoid unless oh, you yeah. have a specific item equipped to one of your characters, and he shows up a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's such a brutally unforgiving game if you do not know what to expect in a fight. Yeah. Oh, and the battle system, the battle system can be tricky at first. I remember the first time I played it, I got to about disc 2 and like my characters were so underpowered because the way that the the additions work is the more you do them, the stronger they become. And so in a way, you can kind of essentially skip leveling, like actual like leveling and just power up your moves to the point to where they're doing a lot more damage based upon like where you should be so in a way you can you can kind of power level but it only gets you going so far right and that's and that's only and that's only your attacks you can still get like wasted by oh yeah yeah 
Peck, even with a full, like a, a properly leveled party, the last boss is such a difficult fight. Oh, it's it's insane. I remember it's one of the first strategy guides where I've seen literally the 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 person writing the guy going. This fight is so hard. I'm just gonna give you a play-by-play of how I beat it the first time I beat it. Yeah, it's, and it is it, it, literally that is four pages of him doing. This is what happened this turn. This is what he did. This is what I did. This is what he did all the way through the fight. Yeah, it yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah, and and uh, you, I will say it ha- it has something in it in the story that. We had only really seen in Final Fantasy VII. Big, big, big deal. So, what? <laughs> are we talking about? Uh, I don't know spoilers, but death of a main character. Oh, maybe. So, uh, <laughs> so. I, I think other Final Fantasies did that. Did they? Did that first, yeah. Well, um, you get a couple characters that die. Uh, I'm trying to think. In in Final Fantasy VI, uh, I guess you only lose Shadow. He doesn't necessarily die. He just won't join you again if you don't do it right. Well, in Chrono Trigger, technically, Chrono does die. And you can complete the game without him. Well, he, technically, I wouldn't say he dies. More right. like but you could, I mean, with time to right. save his life. Yeah, because I think you can also complete the game without Robo, can't you? Because like, uh, is it, there's a, there's a, there's a point where he goes and he gets like stuck in time. He gets like shut down or something, and like I think you can complete the game without him too. Yeah, but why would you? Right now, right? Well, yeah. Well, I guess I guess theoretically you could complete the game without everybody because when you do your, your new game pluses, one of the. Uh, you can fight. Oh, that's right. You can. You, you, to you, can yeah, you can fight the boss, and like the first thing, if you if you go to like, there's like the teleporters. You can go to the you other. It's the left teleporter. Yeah, go to the one that you're not supposed to, which I actually did because I was just messing around. Like the first time I ever played the game, and <laughs> I went and I fought. I was like, what? And I was like, put me in this battle with like the final boss, and I'm like a level one character. And I was like, what <laughs> is going on? So I just, oh, I just got like decimated, and then it was like game over, and I was like, uh, guess I'm not supposed to do that. Like, I can't remember if in Final Fantasy, you know, two slash four, I don't, I guess I don't think any of the characters actually die, because a bunch of them, yeah. like Yang and Sid and Paloma and Perome, all become, you know, they all leave your party because of injury right. or right. incapacitation. Right now, I'm not, yeah, now I'm, now I'm trying to think. Well, in any of the Fire Emblem games, you can lose. You can definitely lose your characters. Oh yeah, they can, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can, you can, you can quite definitely lose lose your character. And now you can't finish the game. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, that's right. You could lose important story characters and continue fighting up until the point where you needed them and then can't complete the game. Yeah. Or until you oh. just have not enough shining force to win. was awful for that too. Yeah, I'll, shining. Force yeah, shining force did that. Yeah, yeah, shining. Yeah, shining. Yeah, shining force definitely, definitely. But did I, that. I can never grudge shining force because it has the single greatest character ever created for any RPG ever. Uh, Matt, uh, is that the is that the armored armadillo? That's the penguin, dude. Wait, wait, which which one's that? Pen pen. No, from which game? Oh, that's two. Oh. Maybe I don't remember. He's a, 
He's a secret character that you have to do a very specific series of events that are completely unrelated to the game oh. to finally get. And he starts at level one when you get him, and you're already like three quarters of the way through the game. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm gonna. Well, I know that. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, I know. Yeah. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Now I'm looking it up. As soon as I saw it, I was like, okay. It's been a while since I played Shining Force 2, and I know that there's a lot of secret characters in both the first yeah. and second one. But none of them are a penguin. That's true. Although there is an armadillo in, like, battle armor, and he's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But anyways, back to Legend Dragoon. So good. Just hearing, just hearing, just hearing somebody say "Legend of Dragoon" instantly puts me puts me in a pretty in a pretty good state of mind. <laughs> yeah, that's oh the only God. one we've talked in depth about so far that I haven't played, so I'll have to take that up. Oh, it's so good, and I mean, I'm I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to play Suicoden because it's it's on my list right now. Right now, I'm in I'm into Wild Arms. I'm I'm playing it for the first time, and it's Wild Arms is entertaining. I mean, the, the, the yeah. sequels get a little wonky. That's what I. Yeah, that's ones. yeah. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, the first one is actually a sprite-based game. It's actually, mm-hmm. except for the battles, it's but so oh. so. Now I have a question. Yes, because I know this was actually really hard for me to decide on because I have three games that I would consider really high on my list of favorite RPGs. Yes, of course, Final Fantasy VI. I talked about today, saying it took my top place, but it could easily have been bumped by two other games, both PlayStation 1 titles. Uh, Xenogears, mm-hmm. the fantastic sci-fi kind of psycho well, psycho RPG where you play a initially, oh, initially an amnesiac with giant robots fighting across a landscape that or, well, a, a planet populated by the survivors of a crashed battleship. Yeah. Which is which, and ended up being a really cool, really weird, really complex storyline that was really fun to play and really engaging. And then another really, a title really close to my heart, uh, Star Ocean: The Second Story. Oh, so good! Two discs of easily one of the best RPGs ever made, in my opinion, with solid character design, uh, a really interesting story. And probably some of the more depressing RPG moments I've ever seen in a game. Oh, definitely. And that's only on disc one. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's definitely spawned some not that great sequels or, or other entries into the game, but you cannot go wrong with second story yeah. whatsoever. But do you guys have any close runner-ups that you would say if if it wasn't for the game you had on that you talked about today that would be right up there well i totally do uh we actually kind of mentioned it in passing already final fantasy tactics is yeah oh i mean near the top of my list yeah uh, just Holy the storyline of that and the difficulty that you could have if you didn't power level uh oh you you have then... you have to especially playing the original playstation version the psp version is quite a bit easier but like the PS1 version, if you d- like, your characters will just miss magic all the time. <laughs> like especially yeah. healing magic, and you're just like. <laughs> and there were so many like little depth things that like each character had a like a faith and brave. Yeah. And like if you didn't, if you didn't look it up, 
I mean, or just like know how to do it for it from how you played. Like you could get like a magic user and and keep using him, and he had like ten faith, and he was completely useless. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I remember that game had a really complex like fortune telling system. Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. The Zodiac. Yeah. One of my friends actually memorized it and figured out how to 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 use it perfectly yeah there's there's it's it like was, and he tried to explain it to me once and it was just nothing got through it yeah was, well well and my and the thing the thing about that game is that you will be in battles that take like 45 minutes to an hour i mean legitimately 45 minutes to an hour and then like you'll be like at the very end and you're so close and you'll die and you have to freaking do it all over again or you'll lose one character like your super powered leveled up guy you'll die and then turn into a stupid treasure chest yeah and you're, <laughs> and you're, 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 you, can't, you can't keep going at that point yeah you're just like oh god it's so frustrating it's oh I've definitely come across that last one a couple times, even in just the, like the PlayStation Portable one, where I literally got to a point where I lost my best mage and I just put the game down and never touched it again. Oh yeah, I could not bring myself to play yeah. through all of it. Oh. I was just like, I'm done. Yeah, that is one of the only games where I will recommend a cheat. Uh, the job points never go down makes the game more balanced in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that basically, once you earn enough to afford that skill. You don't it you earning it doesn't decrease the job points you've earned. So like you only need you know like five thousand to max out like the summoner is the highest class or whatever the right. most demand. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or you I mean you can play the the PSP version um, is is kind of cool. It has like some really nice added cutscenes. Like they're really cool. And yeah. I wouldn't say the game is like that much more easier. Like it definitely like they fix a lot of the fact that like in the first game you'll just miss magic like i said like so they definitely like fix that and i um but it's definitely it's definitely worth worth checking out as well and then another great i mean a great uh like story of two friends that go different directions with delida and and ramza oh yeah yeah absolutely yeah i'm actually i'm actually like really been i so I've, i've been playing a lot of uh theater rhythm final fantasy curtain call and they, which is like the rhythm-based little Final Fantasy game for the 3DS, like about music. And in the difference between the first and the second one is that the second one they've added more games. And one of the games they've added is Final Fantasy Tactics. So now they have like music and stuff from Tactics, and it's like, oh, it's so good. Just like now, it's like really been putting me in the mood. I'm like, oh man, I really want to play Tactics. And then the other one I uh, is a series, the Disgaea series, which is oh yeah, PlayStation Ooh, Two and that's Xbox cool. uh-huh. If yeah. you're looking for strategy, like turn-based, a uh, grid RPG-like tactics, the Sky games are great, and they oh. manage. They don't. They they're not as serious. They're just. Hilarious. Oh yeah, yeah. It's also, it's also one of the few games designed to literally give you the heart to break the game over your knee. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's brutal, and I mean, and you can pour hours. Oh yeah, with the I mean, world and days. I mean, li- I mean, I mean, literally days of. Of playing, I remember the first time I played it um, was I was flying from Portland to Ohio after I after when I had moved back there, and our all of our, our mutual friend Tim let me borrow his PSP, and he had Disgaea, and, I, and so I was like, oh, okay, I'll check this game out. Um, and I clicked on to hit, I like opened the game, and I was like, oh, I looked at like his save file, and there were there were like over 150 hours on it. 
And I, I was just, oh, yeah. I was like, oh man, like it's. And the best part of that is, he could have 150 oh, hours, and you could pull up his save file, and his character could be level one. Yeah, because <laughs> he could have just reincarnated it. Yeah, it could have been level one, and he could have not even been like a quarter of the way through the game. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's it's it, it. They did that better than really any game I can think of. Yeah, where they just, oh, yeah. You just sink hours in, and it it was satisfying. Like it, and it had a puzzle element too, because like if, eventually you couldn't beat the monsters in the item world. Like that was not really the right. Point. It was, you, right. It yeah. was like ta- stacking up all your guys and figuring out the best way to throw them <laughs> across the map. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The yeah, yeah. Or using the geo system to just annihilate everything on the map. And yeah. Then fucking it up at the last part so essentially the way it works is you throw that that you throw different blocks into different colored areas on the map and they would turn everything of that or when destroyed they turn every color tile that they were connected to into the color they were yeah and so the idea was you could stack these inside you could get these positions in such a way that the entire map would just get cleared out of all these colors and so it just became uh the default map and every time a color changed, it would do deal damage. So you could get these absurd combo chains, which would get you bonus items at the end of the map, and us potentially kill everything on the map, allies and enemies. And the worst thing in the world was getting it down to the last one, only to realize you fucked up and you yeah. messed up yeah. the color order. You you break the chain definitely. Yeah, the the bonus oh. system on that was so fun. Because you, you, the first thing you do when you get a new map is pull up the bonus chart to find out if it's worth doing that to try and get the, you know, the legendary, you know, whatever item is yeah. down there behind, you know? Yeah. And then there were some maps where you'd see you get taunted by it, but there's no way to actually get it. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's like literally no way to get the combo yeah. up on that map unless you had like a Geomancer, and even then it was iffy. Yeah. How many games are in that series now? I mean, there's like... Uh, I believe they're coming out with the fifth one then? but like there it's spread across like a few platforms right like uh, i know like it's two and ps3 so there's one two and isn't there two, isn't there one for the ds uh there's i don't think there's a the ds but they PS4. they remade all of them for the psp and p and yeah and the, one one was made on ds okay yeah okay that's, oh, that's I, right, I knew i knew one, one yeah and then three four and a sequel to the first one are on ps3 yeah, I yeah yeah I knew that I knew that most of them run, run PS. I think they PS2, recently PS3. announced they're making another one too. Hmm. Uh, yeah, this guy D two. No, you're right. Writer. Yeah, you're right, Thomas. I I definitely feel like I yeah, and they're on Vita now too. Some of them are on yes, Vita. Yes, Vita. Yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah I heard that. I heard. I think they're making one for PS four. Yep. Yeah. Not Which that I mean it makes it, me excited. Time yeah. It, waste more hours. Yeah. It, I mean the like the art style is like I mean it's not, I don't think that it's like oh man it it really needs to be like it really it's, needs to use that PS4 hardware but like it's never been yeah. about the art style yeah it style. is yeah Disgaea Five is coming out for it's coming out for PlayStation Four it says Japan March twenty sixth twenty fifteen this is Wikipedia so I mean take that for a grain of salt but yeah and does it have like it has an anime too yeah yeah I thought it, so it, it does. And again, so does Star Ocean. Neither yeah, are worth watching. Yeah, I think Suikoden does as well. It, it at least has a, a manga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I would have to say probably my my runner ups would be first and foremost Grandia Two. I don't know if you for the Sega Dreamcast. 
that's a good choice. Oh, it's it's so good. It has like it has a great battle system, amazing music, has like voice acting, like full voice acting, like the like voice acting doesn't quite hold up. Yeah, but yeah. It's still, the fact well, that it the, has it is the awesome. funny thing. The funny thing is that it's like this crazy cast. Like the voice acting is this crazy cast. It's like all of these like nobodies, and then Paul Eating, who <laughs> is the voice of Colonel Campbell in the Metal Gear Solid series. And he's also in um, Diablo. He's like the guy who reads just like the the thing. He has that like that really strong voice, and he plays like this falcon who like who only has like six lines. But it's just like when he speaks, it's like completely different from like the way everyone else talks. And so it's just like whoa, like it seems kind of weird. But the game has like anime cutscenes. Um, in battle, like you'll use like magic, and it'll like shift to this like anime cutscene, and it's really cool. Yeah. And it kind of uses the same – it's kind of similar to – I want to say like the Tales series in that it's like you're not – it's not just like, you know, like you're standing in a line like across from each other. It's not a static battle system. It's, right. It's like you can through. like – yeah, you can run through and you can like hit people in the back and cause them to not be able to attack. So you can like cancel out people's moves. And it's really cool. It's like super easy. It's, it is not a difficult RPG by any stretch of the means. But wow. – it like it looks really good because it's on the, it was like you know, on the Dreamcast and um so so that game is and I I would probably go as far to say it's probably the best gr- game in the Grandia series not that there's that many but um it, is yeah. there's only three uh there's four oh there's four yeah although the fourth one is just called like Grandia EX I believe um, uh. yeah yeah there's Grandia one two and three and actually there was a PlayStation two port later of the dreamcast version and it was yeah, I was just looking at that. and it was worse it was actually like much worse than the dreamcast version i don't know I how remember that. i don't know was, yeah i don't i don't know how that happened but it was really disappointing too because it was like i had lost all my progress from one of my old vmus on my dreamcast oh i got the ps2 version excited to play it and started popped it in started going and a few hours in i was just like really yeah but is, oh yeah sorry go ahead I was going to say, this is not how I remembered it. But, yeah. Eh. Um, and then if I had to pick another RPG, those are like, those are like really like the two. I'm, uh, I'm trying to think here. Trying to, trying to, I'm thinking about, I, I could just pick a Final Fantasy game because there's, like <laughs> there's like two that are so close. But Oh, yeah. yeah. I currently yeah. have one copy of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, actually, I'm, I'm going to go diff- I'm gonna go a different route because they're, they're kind of like 1A, 1B for me, really. Um, I'm going to say Final Fantasy X because I think that if X had a different ending, if the, if the ending to X was better, Final Fantasy X would be the best in the series because the voice acting was like, when it came out, it was so phenomenal. The cutscenes are amazing. I really, really love the battle system. Like, I love the fact that you get to switch out your characters. Um, because you get to use everybody. I mean, eventually, like everybody's the same, because like the way the sphere grid works. But yeah. like, you know, a lot of the a lot of the Final Fantasy games, it's like, oh man, like you have all these awesome characters, but you don't ever use them. You know, it's like you, oh okay, it's like, and then it's like, well, I guess I'll play the game with these three characters. But it's like, oh okay, you actually get to interact with all the different characters. And I don't know. I just thought I just I just I thought it was really cool, and I like that they went with like, I like that the story kind of tackled different issues where a lot of times it's just like, oh, we're going to save the world. But like 10 in a way was kind of challenging religion in yeah, a way. Yeah. 
and I thought that like I mean they were they weren't subtle about it. I mean like it was definitely like a main part of the game where it's like they're challenging religion, but subtly they're actually challenging religion like like as like as like an author he's like legitimately challenging religion not just like oh for the story of the game i mean you can tell like he's legitimately challenging which i'm not like you know like harping on anybody's religion but i think like oh it's interesting that a video game creator especially at that time was doing that and i think like for art's sake like that's really interesting and that's really cool and i like that they i i like that it's like they're doing that like i think that that's really awesome that was the last one that I I enjoyed fully. Oh, the Final Fantasy series, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Okay, I was I was actually going to ask Alan if you if you played all the way through because I'm going to be honest, I actually kind of enjoyed how it ended. Oh, really? In not necessarily from for like the bonus little after credits bullshit, but just the way that story ended, the whole last section of it. I felt was pretty unique to games at that time where, and I'm just going to go ahead and spoil this. You've learned that Titus is not actually a real person. Yeah. And you learn the truth behind Xanarkand and everything like that. And after they win, Xanarkand and everybody involved disappears. Right. Including Titus. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. My issue, sorry, my issue with the ending is, is less about the actual story elements of it. It's like specifically the final boss. Oh, wow. Yeah, the yeah. final boss was kind of uh, like yeah. like the game ha- <laughs> the game has such good build up and then I just feel like it just like at the very end it just kind of like it loses it. You know? Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I kind of see it from both sides. Like I get what you're saying, Matt, because if it had like a stronger ending yeah. that it the, something that was like more like the right. battle. Like I almost yeah, I almost feel like more people. It yeah. I almost feel like if the ending had just been like the final boss should have been Seymour like in some way like yeah. it should it, it should it should have been like okay like say we can save Jet or something like we can save Jet from spit some from sin but like Jet is or like Seymour is like has done some magic or something and it's like holding him there so it's like okay the final battle should be against Seymour like the hardest battle in the game was Seymour on the mountain oh like yeah Oh, anytime, that, anytime, yeah, that anytime you fought him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even if you're, even if you're like super leveled up, it's a hard battle. Like, I know because I had to do it in order to beat him. Like, like, <laughs> and you have to like crank all your aeons, get all your aeons ready to be summoned. Cause as soon as you use them, they're like getting KO'd. Like he just takes out all your summons, but it's just like, you know, it's like Seymour kills. Well, theoretically he didn't actually, but. He kills all of the Ronso, right? So it's like, okay, he like marries Yuna. You have this amazing villain who you have built so well. Like, he's not just like evil, he's like super creepy. Like, <laughs> and that he like marries Yuna. So it's like, you have, or he almost marries Yuna. But it's like, so you have built this amazing villain. Like, he should be the end boss, not some like random, like, you know, like religious like oh you're gonna fight like you yevin at like you know like the last second it's just it's just like and then like the boss is like there's no way to lose so like you also have that element but it's just like the ending just lets that game down and then of course there's final fantasy 10 2 which i certainly ranted about before but yeah yeah. like that was sort of the same weakness that final fantasy uh 2 slash 4 had 
you you build up this bad guy the whole way through the game, Golbez. Yeah. And then in the end, there's just some other dude there that's like, oh, he's the real bad guy now. Right. Like, yeah, it was a it was a difficult fight. Like, they didn't have that problem, but it yeah. kind of. Nine does it nine does of, nine just, does the same thing. Sorry, I was Thomas. Say, it kind of just misuses all the built up and or antagonism between the the enemy you've been fighting and your characters. Right. Only to have it completely wasted on someone who d- didn't really matter in the story until now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I but yeah, so it's like for me that game is it is so great. Like the cutscenes, like especially because it was like it was like almost a launch game for the PS2. Like it was one of the first games because when I got a PS2, I had I got a PS2 for Christmas and I got my um, I got a copy of Dark Cloud, which I love. It's so great. And then I went out and I bought Metal Gear Solid 2 and Final Fantasy 10. And I remember playing Metal Gear Solid 2 and thinking, oh, my God, this is the future of gaming. Like, okay, I beat Metal Gear Solid 2. Now I'll pop in Final Fantasy 10. And my, I was like, I was mind, I was blown. Like, I was blown away. I was just like, oh, my God, this is like, <laughs> like the opening cutscene where it's like Titus is playing, you know, he's playing Blitzball, which also, like, I actually really like the Blitzball because that's another thing. I like, I, yeah, I like sports games. Blitzball. So for me, it was like playing a sports RPG also was <laughs> amazing. I could never get in the Blitzball. Yeah. It just it wasn't yeah. my that, that part of the game just never caught me. Yeah, says says the one person who just also isn't into sports. And like, yeah, exactly. No, I'm that's not hard. I'm not I'm no, that's no. not true. I, I watched college football for a while. Yeah. I mean I, yeah, so I'm not play sports games, right, right? Yeah. No, God no. Yeah, yeah. See I'm not I'm not I prefer, I'm not, to, I prefer right. to spend my money on more important things like right. other video games that are better. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm not I'm not harping on you, Thomas. I'm just saying like it, I've I've had this conversation about Final Fantasy X with other people who aren't into sports, and they're always like, yeah, I never got into Blitzball, but for me, I'm like, oh man, I love Blitzball. Like there yeah. are to- yeah, like there are times where I'll just play Blitzball. Like yep. I would turn the game on, yeah. and just go play Blitzball. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But what's what what I think is funny, and I've always I've made this joke a lot, like with people when you watch the opening video, right? Titus is supposed to be like the greatest Blitzball player ever right like he straight up tackles some dude so hard that he gets knocked out of the water into the stands then when you get to use him in like the in like the bat like the first blitzball game like at the at like the major tournament like his tackle is like the lowest of anybody on the worst team ever like that <laughs> makes no sense whatsoever oh remember blitzball in the beginning was fantasies anarchin right yeah yeah but but still it's like come on it's like plays by different rules man yeah i guess because <laughs> he's also the only person that tackles like that like the shoulder like the shoulder charge tackle but it's just like it was like that makes no sense like how like he's supposed to but his like his offensive statistics are through the freaking roof <laughs> uh, that was well that was a continuation in the mini games like it started at, at eight and nine and ten had really strong, and seven. I guess seven kind of had them with the snowboarding and the submarine. Yeah. Oh but, yeah, uh, like yeah, they all they like nine like nine's mini games. Nine's mini games were a lot of fun. Like the like the card game and, uh, yeah. and eight had the card game as well. Yeah. yeah. Is it? It was an eight's card game that like make made no sense. No, it, to me it was nines. Eights, yeah. They had yeah. Four nine, yeah. directions up, down, left, and right, and each card had. Right on each one. Right, nines was sim- like nines was similar, but the cards, yeah, like the cards, yeah, yeah, the cards and nine had um yeah. nine had the cool, um nine had like the cool like uh God now it's slipping like the play where you had to do like the sword dancing like oh, like yeah. like that was like that was a lot of fun. Oh. 
I spent so much time just trying to get that perfect for the item. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And nine, yeah, nine had a lot of great, great side quests. Ten didn't really have a lot of great side quests. No, no. Then again, they were they were doing a lot of new stuff in that game. I can't right. really yeah. blame them for not they having it fleshed out that way. They did, yeah. Didn't have an open. Yeah, yeah. It worked out fairly well, though. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it did the job, but other... for a lot of fans of the series, like seeing the airship go away was like right. Yeah, I mean, you st- yeah, you still kind of got yeah. it in, in a in a ways, but yeah. Well, is is that it, gent- is that ge- it, gentlemen? Is that the end? Yeah, I think that's it. I think we've covered a lot of ground today. I think we have. Uh, we can wrap it up. There's a pleasure, guys. Thanks for uh, hey. For bring- yeah. Hey, no problem. We will we will definitely be having you on more more in the future. I'm I'm sure. Well, as always, uh, I'm Matt Brady. Um, okay, oh, real quick, Thomas, can anybody if if any of the fans want to reach you anywhere, are you are you on are you on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram? You know, I haven't been for a very very long time. I'll see what I can do to get some stuff started. But okay. Thomas now. Thomas is gonna make a Twitter so that so so we'll have one. Alan <laughs> Alan, are you on Twitter? Insta- I am anything? not on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Alan dot Thomas dot <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's like his personal his personal thing. So Just dropping that name right there. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be I think you can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Brady, although I don't really use that one. I use uh at Super Gains Bros. But um you can you can you can find me more re- relatively easily there. I don't I don't really use. I guess I'll have to make a box trick Twitter. I suppose <laughs> that might be an important thing to do. But nonetheless, uh, eventually you'll be able to find us somewhere on the internet. Um, but um, as always, I'm your host Matt Brady, and we are signing off. Thank you for listening. Oh God damn it! What? I just for- I completely forgot about Fantasy Star. Oh well, we'll have to save that. Alright, <laughs> signing off. <laughs> I completely forgot about Fantasy Star.